Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Gospel Saving Church, our 11th or 12th service. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Even uh, thanks to everybody listening, wherever you're listening at. We enjoy your company. I enjoy another week to be here and uh, sit here and teach you guys something. And uh, so... Here we go. I'm gonna move right along, right into the right into the whole spiel here. Okay, we started this church, Gospel Saving Church, in Matthew chapter one, verse one, and we are eleven weeks in, and we are just now ready to finish the fourth chapter. I never thought that the Lord would put so many words in my mouth for just four chapters of one gospel of out of four in the Bible. But <laughs> here we are, and I have learned so much. So I hope you guys have learned a lot too, because I've been really, really learning a lot. Uh, the Lord gave me this great, new, awesome, amazing ability to start teaching like this when we started this church. I didn't have this before. I always taught pieces of the word on the streets, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, for many years, I've been a street evangelist and preaching Christ on the streets of Dallas here in Dallas, Texas. But uh, never done it like this. Never been teaching like this through the Word. Never been a like a Bible teacher before. And so um, we're going through the whole counsel of God now. And uh, all thanks be to God, by the way, uh, we're doing great. And so I hope you guys are enjoying everything and you guys are getting fed. Um, I got to be honest with you. I get so scared when I look at the Word every week to start to prepare. I, I look at the Word and I think of my ability and I think, oh my goodness, I'm in big trouble because I don't know what to say. I don't know what to teach on. Um, but I have to remember... When even when I look ahead, that God Almighty gives me whatever I need. And that is very important for me to remember because if I think of my ability, if we think of our abilities, the Bible says we can only do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can't do anything on our own. Amen. I have a good brother of mine that always says, I can't even get up and find the door in the morning if it weren't for the Lord. And so I feel the same way. I can't take my next breath without him. So in order to be able to teach like this and stand up here and or sit down here and teach the word like we do, that's all God. So in case you don't know how it works, I sit down, I start praying. Lord, help me to you know, figure out what I'm supposed to say. Help me to see what I'm supposed to see in the word. Help me. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and then starts teaching me what I ought to say weekly. Uh, I would be nothing if God didn't give me everything that I get week in and week out. I would be nothing. I never want anybody ever to get the impression that I'm such a great speaker Pastor, preacher, Bible scholar, Bible student, anything. I wouldn't want anybody to ever get that idea. I've been studying the Bible for about 12 or 13 years, but I never would want anybody to get the idea that I'm this all-powerful while he just knows it all because it's not me. God puts it all in me so I can do this job for him. Praise Jesus. Isn't he great? Amen. He is. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen That's right. in the word of God. So I just had to praise the Lord. I had to give praise to the Lord because uh, I didn't want to be guilty of taking any credit for anything good that you hear coming out of me, ever. Uh, John the Baptist in the Gospel of John 1, chapter 1, verse 29, said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, as he saw Jesus coming him one day when they were kind of standing by the sea. Well, John the Baptist spent his whole life being getting prepared, and then his ministry getting ready, and then in his ministry, pointing the way to Jesus. And so I want that to be us, and I want that to be me. 
I want to spend my whole life now in the Lord pointing people to Jesus. That's how I want to be, just like John the Baptist. And again, I didn't want to take any credit. I always want to point the way to Jesus. So here's why I went through all this introduction, because normally we've prayed by now, but we haven't even prayed yet, but we're going to pray in a minute. Um, but when I first sat down to look at what I was going to study this week for the Word, I was going to look at and was trying to look at what God would want me to teach for the Word this week. I had no idea what I was going to talk about, just like normal. So as I continued to pray, I really felt inept. I felt like I don't have anything. What am I going to talk on this week? And I was so fearful because we're going to be studying in Matthew the very last few verses in chapter 4. And it was so disturbing to me that it ruined the whole beginning of my week up until Wednesday. My whole week was ruined because I just had such a terrible, terrible struggle. What do I see, Lord? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to teach? I just don't know. What, what am I going to do? What am I going to teach on this week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, then it dawned on me. Unless the Holy Spirit puts it within me, unless the Holy Spirit endows me with whatever I need to say, I don't got nothing. So, unless He gives me the sermon... I've got nothing. And it wasn't until after, so right after that, I started feeling this draw to give God the praise and give Jesus the praise and the glory and to let everybody know that's going to ever listen to this sermon that it's not me, anything good that you hear. And once I did that, I started writing out this whole little bit of spiel about you know how good God is and how God gives me everything and praise the Lord because it's nothing about me that you hear that's good. It's all Him that's coming through me. After that, I completely saw, okay, now I see what you want me to teach on. So God wanted me to put that all in there. So amazing how he, uh, how he goes about giving me all the information that I get. Um, after that, I sat down, I really looked at what I got, and I saw the reason why I didn't get the teaching, teaching until after I gave the Lord credit for teaching me what to say. So in case you haven't realized what today's service is going to be on, teaching, 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 teaching. <laughs> so I bet you could never guess what we're going to talk about today. Oh, you might have guessed it. It's about teaching. <laughs> That's great. So let's pray and let's open up the service now because we're going to start our teaching. By the time I'm done, you guys are going to be hating me to say that word. <laughs> So, Lord Jesus, we just come before you now, and we just ask that you, great teacher, would show us what you want to teach us today in your word. Because, Lord, as I already said, I can do nothing apart from Christ, but in Christ and through you, Jesus, I can do all things. So, Lord, that's what your word says. And I experienced that in my life, that unless I do it through you, I get nothing, Lord. So God in heaven, I just pray that you would relate to us what message that you would have us to learn today and teach us by your spirit, God. And as I prayed during, right during or before worship, Lord, I pray that your word today, your living word, would penetrate our hearts today, Lord God. And I pray that you would show us what you would have us to learn as we start this service, now officially, as we start the teaching today, Lord God, to learn about the great teacher. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, dear God, and we thank you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, look with me at Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. I'll give you a minute to open up your Bibles if you want to get there. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. And we'll, we'll read it over together. Oh, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of 
and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So as I've already said, I didn't give the name of the sermon until just now or just a little bit ago. It's called The Teacher. We're going to look at Jesus as the great teacher. This is going to be the main thrust of our teaching today. Jesus, the great teacher. God is amazing. God is good. Amen. So, the scripture, the section of scripture really gives us a great overview of the ministry, or that would be the what Jesus did throughout his three and a half years of ministry that he did. Basically, he did several things, but some of the main things he did was he taught and he healed. These are the things that he mainly did. If you look at everything that Jesus did, the Beatitudes that we're going to be studying next week, uh, Beatitudes are worth absolutely one, two, three full chapters of one gospel of all, nothing but his teaching on what it really means to be saved, to really, really know what it means to love God, to give your life to God completely. That was a huge teaching session. I hope this next bit of information I'm about to give you, it doesn't bore you. Because God led me to do this by the Spirit, and so I don't want you to turn with me as I go through all these little things, but let it, let, let listen to it and let it impact you as I read what God let me to do the research on. So, I did a word search of just the Gospels alone. Just one word search of one word, well, three words actually, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the word search that God led me to do was teacher, number one, rabbi, two, and rabboni, three. Now they all mean teacher in just a different language. Teacher is English, rabbi is Hebrew, and rabboni is Hebrew again. It's just all, all different words that say one word, teacher. And so... Look what I found. So number one, teacher. When the Gospel of Matthew alone, Matthew records Jesus, whether somebody called him, now this is the important thing, either Jesus called himself teacher or somebody called him teacher. That's the kind of context that I let in there. Not John the Baptist, nothing else. And by the way, this none of these, this includes none of this includes teaching or he taught either. When you were to, if you were to put those words in there, it would be man, manifold more than what I've got down, manifold more than what I studied, manifold more than what God gave me. This is just the word teacher, rabbi, and rabbi nine. This is just number one teacher in just the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew records 13 times whether Jesus himself or somebody called him teacher. Matthew 8, 19, 9, 11, 10, 24, and 25, 12, 38. 1724, 1916, 2216, 2236, 2224, 2328, 10, 35, 12, 14, 12, 19, 12, 32, 13, 1, and 14, 14. Why do I give all these? You can call me if you want. We can talk after. We can research every one of them. I'm not just, I will never just throw out a fact as a teacher that God has made to me. I'm never just going to throw out a fact and have no idea and be like, be called on it later. Oh, I actually, uh, Pastor Ed, that actually wasn't true. Oh, really? Well, let's look at my notes because I'm going to make sure it's true. I don't just claim off things and then if you want to call me on something, call me on it, but it's going to be right in the Word. Luke comes in, number one, with 14 times. 
2021, 2028, 2039, 2127, and 2211. John was more Lord than teacher, but nevertheless, John came in last with 7, 138, 32, 84, 1128, 13, verses 13 and 14, and uh, chapter 20, verse 16. So just the word teacher, we have in just the four Gospels, we have 46 times, which is amazing when you look at Jesus as Lord, which the Bible also calls him, and God, 46 times alone just for teacher. You go to rabbi, all four Gospels, we have rabbi, which is again, same word, different language. We have 13 times for rabbi, Matthew 26, 25, and 26, 49. We have Mark 9, 5, 11, 21, 14, 45, and it's in there twice. We have John 138, John 149, John 32, 431, 625, 92, and 118 for Rabbi. For Rabboni, which is the last one, we only have it one time. It's in John 20, 16. So when you look at teacher, Rabbi, and Rabboni, we have 60 times total that just the Gospels speak about Jesus as a teacher. I don't know if these facts impacted you like they did me. After I saw them, it impacted me greatly. I realized, wow, there's something that I'm missing here, God. There's something that I've missed and something that needs to be brought out, and that's again, teacher. So these facts should tell us something. Why did God think it was important to call Jesus a teacher 60 times in four books? That's a lot of times. Well, God is making a statement with them. And this is the statement that he's making. We're going to get to it. And understand this. Saying all this and calling Jesus teacher and great teacher and all that does not take away from him being Lord slash God at all. Don't ever get the misconception that, oh, because I'm calling Jesus teacher, that, you know, uh, that's all that he is. Because that's a lot of all religions believe that Jesus is, is just a great moral teacher. But in essence, we're going to look at what Jesus taught, and it's not actually very little actually upon morality, and really all more, we'll see that in a minute, I'll, I'll leave you hanging there. And so as to, like I said, I'll never make a claim and a comment without backing it up, in John 20, 28... Jesus had already been to the disciples after his resurrection. And they saw them all, and they were blown away by what they saw. Well, Jesus wasn't, Thomas, the disciple, disciple Thomas, wasn't with them the first time that Jesus came and saw them. So the next time, Thomas comes in right after Jesus leaves, and Thomas says, I won't believe, you know, they tell him all that they saw him and everything. And Thomas says, I'm not going to believe until I put my fingers in his hands and my hand in his side, that that's really Jesus that you guys saw. So we fast forward one week to that. Jesus comes in, shows himself to Thomas and says, Thomas, here, put your hands, put your fingers in my hands and put your hand in my side. Here I am, believe in me. Well, Thomas is totally broke down at that point. He's totally blown away. He's so blown away. He's not worried about putting his hand in the side or the fingers in the, in the wounds anymore. He, all he says is, he bows down. He worships Jesus and he says, my Lord and my God. So Thomas professing Jesus, my Lord and my God. In Luke 2.11, the angel comes to see Mary and is telling Mary about this newborn Savior and so on and so forth. And Mary's are having this little discussion. And the angel says in Luke 2.11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we, we could bring up verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse in case anybody that's listening to this doesn't believe Jesus is Lord or Jesus is God or Jesus is whatever. We've got it right there. And so many times in the Bible do we hear Jesus called Lord and Savior, my Savior, my God, my Lord, um, you know, whatever. It, it, it be, we could go do a sermon about times that there was the name of the Lord. I just wanted to make it show you and show you that we're not fooling around. He is Lord. He is God. But he's also great 
teacher. Uh, so why is Jesus being a great teacher so important? I'm not going to answer that for you now, but I'm going to get to it later. But we're going to go through some more little factual actuals. For now, to Jesus, this no, so no, this is important. There were some Jews in the time that believed in him in John 8.32. And Jesus tells them, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, as the Bible says, we've talked about all our other teachings, other sermons, since we're up to this point now, that we're born in sin, so we're born lost. We're born slaves to sin. We're born, you know, totally, you know, we're, we're born totally without God. God is showing himself to us, but we reject him and so on and so forth. And God does this big wooing process where he loves us and he woos us to himself and have to decide to follow him and so on and so forth. And that's awesome. But nevertheless, we're born lost. We're born in sin. And so you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus is telling these Jews that because he was telling them, look, you're lost. You need the truth. So how do you know the truth? unless you have a great teacher to come and teach you the truth. Notice what Jesus did in verse 23. I'm going to read it again. Same scripture, same text. And Jesus went about all Galilee, which is a region, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Now, he did his teaching in the style of preaching. Preaching would be the message, how he delivered the message. I'm preaching. There's preachers all over the country that are preaching a message. All they're doing is they're teaching, but they're teaching you in a way of a style of preaching. You have classroom teachers in school. You have homeschool mom teachers that teach in school, and they teach with a question and answer. You have a Bible study things that people do. You have Bible studies that people do where the, there's a main teacher, but in the teaching, people get to ask questions and, you know, they get to go back and forth and have a little small group discussion, things like that. That's also a teaching, but preaching teaching is not where people can actually come and ask questions. A preaching is more of a one person stands up or sits down and delivers a message, a teaching to a bunch of people. So on and so forth. So definition of preaching, so you'd know, is the act or practice of a person, or a person who preaches. The art of delivering sermons. A sermon. So in essence, he taught in a church-like way the gospel of the kingdom of God. So break that down in plain words. He helped people understand the good news of heaven or the kingdom as our text says here, same thing. Kingdom of God slash heaven. It said that he came to uh, he came teaching the synagogue, preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. He wasn't teaching about the kingdom of earth. He was talking about where he came from. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Same thing. Uh, and he didn't also just teach about heaven. He taught people how to get to heaven. So he says in John 14, 6, his disciples are asking him, and they're like, well, Jesus, you know, if you show us the Father, we'll, we'll believe in you and this, that, and the other thing. And Jesus, well, you you know the way, and you you've been seeing, you've shown, I've, I've shown you the way. And, there, and and one of the disciples steps up and he says, Jesus, what do you mean? You've shown us the way. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but 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 through me. So Jesus also taught people how to get to heaven through Him and only through Him. He also told a, a young rich ruler that came to him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And he gave him a whole bunch of things and he ran him down and said, Well, you know, do this commandment, do that commandment, you know, keep, you know, live this kind of life. And he said, Oh, Lord, all those I've done for my whole life, but, you know, something else I'm missing. What else am I living? Jesus said, Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me. So there again, he taught people how to get to heaven. By going through him and following him. So he taught people about heaven and he taught people how to get to heaven. As a side note, in case you were wondering, Jesus taught in the synagogues because the Christian church was not yet in existence because Jesus hadn't died. His disciples really hadn't gotten saved yet and they didn't really go for it and start spreading a Christian church until after his death and resurrection. And he taught in synagogues 
Synagogue was kind of like church, but not kind of like church. They had a synagogue and they had a temple. The temple was the holy place of God where you would go to worship. You would go give sacrifices. You'd go to get your sins forgiven. You'd go to see the priest. Uh, in the synagogue, you had a rabbi, which was a teacher, who would teach you the scriptures and just they would you know they would sit down and they would go through a teaching of the Bible or the Tanakh as the, uh, a Jewish person would call it, just the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. Not like what we do today. Today we come to a church and we get taught, but before we teach, we do a little worship. So it's kind of like we do our worship and our sins forgiven and our you know teaching all in one place. And we cry out to God in one place. God forgive me for my sins, and that would be wherever we are. But you know, we um, I've done that before, sitting in a church service, realize I'm done something wrong against God and ask God for forgiveness of my sins. So we do all of our asking for forgiveness of sins, worshiping, and hearing the word of God all in a Christian church. That's because it's you know, 2012 and the church has evolved into this. So look at what the mission of Jesus was. To teach people slash us about how to get to heaven and about heaven. And to show people slash us that he was the real deal Messiah or Christ and that God is love and hope by what? All of his teaching or all of his miracles, all of his healings, all the raising people from the dead. So he came teaching about the kingdom of heaven and then he basically brought people to him to show him that he was the way by all the miracles and healings and exorcisms and everything that he did. In fact, Jesus said in 1037, if you if you or if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that believe the works that I do basically, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So, what's he what's he saying? People didn't believe. People didn't believe in him. So he said, if you don't believe in me, fine. But I'm going to give you a reason to believe in me. What was the reason that Jesus gave to believe in him? Look at all the miracles that I do. And that was, again, throw that word prophecy in there again. That was prophesied from hundreds and thousands of years back that the Messiah would do these great miracles and show people who he is. That was one of the things that the Messiah had to do. So, what was the result of his ministry as a whole? Read 24 and 25 with me again. So, his ministry as a whole, verse 24. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And there, as a result, great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So he taught, he healed, and what happened? Multitudes of people saw it, heard it, and followed. That was, in essence, the ministry of Jesus. So back to that statement I heard earlier. That's what Jesus came to do. Why did we look today at Jesus as a great teacher? Well, this is actually where it gets a little interesting. And I probably feel that at least probably half the sermon is going to be spent here. I will finally answer you on this. Remember I said that although he was a great teacher, that didn't take away from him being Lord slash God. And, think of this, since he is Lord and he is God and he is teaching us, we better listen to what he's teaching us and be serious about what he says to do. In John 6.68, Jesus said some things that offended a whole bunch of people that were following him. You must eat my flesh and you must drink my blood and a whole bunch of disciples yeah, because he had multitudes of disciples, ended up leaving. They were like, what is this? We can't, this is a crazy man. We can't eat, how is he, what does he mean? Eat, eat his flesh and, and drink his blood. And of course, Jesus was speaking 
spiritually, but he turns to his 12 and he says, what about you guys? Are you guys going to leave me too? And Peter, impetuous Peter, always ready to speak up, says this in John 6:68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words to eternal life. So Jesus, great teacher, Lord slash God, Peter says, to whom else can we go? You have the words to eternal life. So saying all that, teachings that Jesus did, this is some amazing and awesome stuff. So I'm going to ask some very powerful, thought-provoking questions right now. And your whole eternity may hinge on your answers, and you'll see why. And as I ask these questions, I want everybody that's listening to focus in themselves and think real hard about what I'm saying. How much has Jesus taught you since you started to believe in him? So how much has Jesus taught you since you started to believe in him? Do you call yourself a Christian and don't really know how Jesus even said to follow me? <coughs> That's important. Do you really call yourself a Christian and don't know or are not sure about how Jesus said to follow him? And the reason I ask these powerful, thought-provoking questions is because we just looked at Jesus as an amazing teacher. Remember what he came to teach. He came to teach the good news of heaven and how to get to heaven. What people ought to do in order to get to heaven. Remember, that was the main thrust of his whole ministry. He did the miracles and all that as proof and we still have those today. Praise the Lord. We, I've prayed for people and they've come to healing and they've this, that, and the other thing. And praise the Lord. But God's desire, 2 Peter 3, 9, that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he'll do that in any way he can. So his whole ministry was spent doing that. I want you to think today. If you would claim yourself to be a Christian and you cannot answer the questions above accurately according to the Bible or answer them at all and you can't say how Jesus said to live then why is it that Jesus is not teaching you daily? Because after all he's a great teacher teaching us how to follow God and teaching us how to get to heaven. And is he showing you or how is he showing you why isn't he showing you how to live for God and have a relationship with him? How is it that you aren't going to the words of God in Christ daily because he is a great teacher and he's Lord so we ought to remember we ought to look at what he said to do and finding out how to live for and obey Jesus a lot of those questions. Another problem we have today in America we have this. Most people know so much about the Word of God. Most people know so much about what Jesus told them to do. But they don't actually decide to live the way Jesus said to live. They know it. You can know it. But if you don't live it, if you don't practice it, you're not right. The Bible says you're wrong. Jesus makes statements at the end of the Beatitudes that we are going to start to study next week about a wise man and a foolish man. And after the Beatitudes, he gives three chapters of these Beatitudes of how to live for God, how to follow God, what to do, how to get saved, how a saved person should live. At the end of the Beatitudes, after his whole teaching, he, see light, he said, now there's two kinds of men. One man hears these words that I say, and he does those words that I say. And that man, I will liken him to a wise man. That wise man built his house upon the rock. And the winds came and the storms blew and everything hit that his house that he made upon his rock. And that house did not fall. 
Notice they heard the words that he did and they did the words that he said to do. But then he said there's also a foolish man who heard the words that he taught how to live and how to follow God, but he didn't do them. He said this man was like a foolish man. He built his house upon the sand, not upon the rock. And this man, the same storms came, the same rains came, the same floods came, but what happened was the foolish man that didn't do the things that Jesus says, when those things hit him, it destroyed everything he had. So, all these things that he said to the wise and the foolish man, which one would you say you are today? Remember, Jesus is Lord and God, and he was great teacher. What are you doing with the teachings of Jesus? So, yes, Jesus did some awesome miracles. And those miracles were and are for us today. To show us that God is awesome, full of love and hope. But mainly, like John's disciples found out in 11.5, remember when John the Baptist was in prison and he was starting to doubt because of his circumstances? And he gathered some of his disciples together, he called them, and he said, Hey, go out and, and, and ask Jesus, again. please ask him, I need to know if he's the one to come, or should, should we ought to we wait for another? Because, you know, your circumstances, when they get pretty bad, they can get pretty desperate, and you can doubt. Well, God, I, things are really bad. I don't, I don't know. Are you the right one? And so the same thing we can do today if we cry out to God today and we, oh, Lord, is that really you? Are you really real? Just like John the Baptist was doing in prison, Jesus can answer us just like he answered John's disciples. And then at that time it was John's disciples you know, came to him and, they, and Jesus said, hey, go show John, go tell John all the things that you've seen. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life. Basically, that's what he told me. Look at all the miracles I did. Just like he said in that other John verse that we looked at. Don't, if you don't believe me, that's fine. But believe me because of the works that I do believe in me. Today, God could tell us something like this. Oh, if you have a doubt that I'm real, have a doubt of me. Look up. How do all the planets just hang there? How are all the, the galaxies just sitting out there and they don't really do anything, but they're out there and you can see them. And the Bible just so happens to say that all creation testifies of God. All creation testifies that I'm real. Look at me. Look at all these. Take a breath. How did you breathe? Where'd that power come that you have to live for? How does that power go that you have to live. How can you live? Where's the power come from that you live from? He could say things like that to us. So look at the miracles that God is still doing. He's still allowing creation to go on. But as important as the miracles that Jesus did and what God has done for us and what he can do for us when we pray or we ask or what he could just do for us because he loves us. As importantly is him being this teacher and how what he's telling us to do. And how are we responding to his teaching in our daily lives? So as important. Because God can do anything. He can show you he's real. He can make this planet spin. He can make you full of life. He can raise the dead. He can still do all those things now and he is. Just not so much in America. He's still healing the dead and ra or raising the dead to life and healing the blind in other countries. Not so much here. Much. He's out for me. Heal people through, through a prayer. But he could say, look at all I could do for you. Oh, that's that's nice. Just like someone saying, hey, look at this awesome, awesome thing I built for you. And they're like, oh, man, that's beautiful. Oh, look at that beautiful like sports arena that you built. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. And then the, the owner's saying, yeah, I built this. Hey, hey, come on in. And you're saying, oh, that, that, that's all right. It looks nice, though. That looks nice, though. Jesus is a great teacher. He taught us the way. Hey, look at all that I did for you. Hey, walk in this way. Oh, I look what you did for me. Oh, that's oh, that's good. Yeah, I believe in it. I believe in it. That's good. I'm good. But until you enter in, you don't get to speed the sporting event. Until you enter in to the Coliseum or to the sports arena, you don't get whatever it has for you. 
You could see it there. God could do awesome miracles in your life and for you. But if you don't enter in to those things, enter into that covenant with Him, you get none of what's there for you. So today there is a huge misconception in Christianity. And this is to say, well, at one time I prayed a prayer and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have a lot of people tell me that. A lot of people tell me, oh, yeah, I accepted Jesus. I prayed a prayer, you know, my Lord and Savior. Um, but I hate to tell you, I feel real sorry for a lot of those people because making Jesus your Lord and Savior means a lot more than praying a prayer one time. The Bible says it is a life that a person decides to wholly and fully let God have control over and then daily seeks after God in a relationship and investigates the way the Lord Jesus taught and said how to live and to make decisions to live those ways all day long, every day, turning away from the things that God doesn't want you to do, Amen. turning away from sinful ways and things, Amen. staying pure and holy, making a decision to Get into the Word of God to submit your life to the teachings of the great Lord God Teacher Amen. and walking in those ways. Not just hearing them, but walking in those ways. That is what a real deal saved person is. But after I start talking to many people today, I will usually hear them say oh, that they believe that they're a Christian. So I ask them what it means to be a Christian and they can't tell me or they'll give me some, well, this other alternative answer, which is not biblical. It's not walking in the teachings of Christ. It's not living out what he told me to do daily. It's, oh, I'm a good person and the Bible says there's no one good. So that's, that's not, that's not, can't be true because nobody's good. And I'll hear, well, I've done, you know, some good things and oh, well, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but they don't know what it means to be a Christian biblically. They don't, they don't know the things that I'm telling now. Well, this is scary. What have we been calling Jesus the whole sermon? He's the great teacher. Christ will tell you, anyone that comes and asks, He will show you and tell you how to be a disciple. He will show you and tell you how to live for God. It's plain Jane in His words. We're going to study the Beatitudes next week, and we got three whole chapters of things that Jesus said, do this, don't do that. If you're like this, well, that's not good. If you're like that, oh, it's good. And yet, even people that say, oh, I'm a believer or I'm a Christian, their lives don't match up with what the teacher said to do. It's like going to your math class and your teacher telling you, okay, nine, Johnny, little Johnny, nine times nine is 81. Here's how you do it. You take, you take nine and you, you, you put, write it down nine times. So you write nine down nine times. Nine, 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 nine times. And then she says, well, yeah, here's how you divide, here's how you multiply. You take nine, and all you do is if it's nine times nine, you take nine, you add nine, nine times. And nine times nine is 81. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, that's good, teacher. That's that's good. Then Johnny, little Johnny walks out of the classroom. And he's been taught nine times nine is 81, a hundred times by his teacher. And then on the street. He goes out and somebody says, Hey, Johnny, what's 9 times 9? Oh, 18, 22, 15. Well, Johnny, didn't you, aren't you, weren't that, aren't you in that math class? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was in that math class. But, well, didn't the teacher teach you? Oh, you know, I don't listen. I'm just in there, but I, I'm, I'm busy. Got my phone, texting, you know. Or better yet, it's like somebody saying, somebody saying, I go to Quad C College. Oh, you go to Quad C College. Oh, what are you studying? Oh, I'm studying math. I'm studying to become a teacher. Oh, wow. I did that too. So what, uh, tell me what, you know, what classes are you taking? Oh, uh, actually, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I signed up, but I, I don't really go. You know, I just, just signed up. I paid my money, but, you know, I don't really go. It's like not, it's like the teacher being there and the teacher having all the answers and you can ask him anytime, but you never come to ask him the questions. You never come to ask him to find out the answers. That's like Jesus being a great teacher and all the answers are there for you. He gave you, and Jesus is even good. He gave you an open book test. He, you can open,
open the book anytime and you can learn the words of the answer. You can learn the answers right there. It's open book test. God is the one who gives the parameters and the rules as to what a Christian is and how a person goes about getting saved. If someone doesn't know those or knows them, worst of all, and doesn't live by them, then they are in trouble. That's what the Bible says. You're in trouble. Jesus was and still is a first-class teacher and Lord over all. And we will study his teaching, like I've said a couple times, starting next week in the Beatitudes, three full chapters. We'll probably probably take us six months to get through three chapters, but never mind. We're, we're going to get there anyway. And we'll hear how deep that Jesus wants us to go with God starting next week. But for now, know that Jesus loves you very much. And he proved it to you by giving his life for your sin on the cross almost 2,000 years ago. He didn't do that so you could just have a belief in him and then go about the rest of your life and live the ways you want to live. He wants all of us to give him our lives as he gave his life for us. Think about that. And where are you? Where are you? You're either in a category, I know a whole bunch, of, a lot about the teachings of Jesus, but I just choose not to do anything with them. Well, the great teacher also was the one that gave his life and surrendered all and gave his life for you. And how could you look at what he did for you and not say, I want to give my life, I have to give my life to him. Or in the category of, you know, I'm a Christian, I call myself a Christian, but you know, I, don't, I can't really tell you what the Bible really says about, you know, salvation or eternity or how it even takes to get saved. I have sad news for you today. If you don't know that, put the two plus two together, guys. If you don't know that, Jesus was a great teacher. He spent his whole ministry teaching people how to do just that. How could you be a follower, a Christian? How could you be a disciple but not know how he taught to do that? That's all he did. It's impossible. You can't not know, and it's not, well, I believe in him, because I have millions of beliefs. I believe that the stars are there, that the moon is there, that the sun shines in the sky. I believe that I live in a house, and I have two cars, and I have a wife, and I have two children. I believe that I work two jobs, and I believe, I have millions of beliefs. But does your belief in God cause you to do something about what you believe? You've got to not only know the teachings of Jesus, but you got to live them. And if you claim to be a Christian and you don't know how, then there's something wrong. Jesus wants to teach you, but you're not wanting to listen. You're not wanting to listen because you don't want to submit. You want to live your life for you. That's a problem. It's a huge problem. When that's all that Jesus came to do is show you how to live. And you choose to say, oh, I don't, yeah, I have a belief in this. But then not live the belief. So where are you right now? Or are you right on the path? And does your life line up against the teachings of Jesus? And do you know that 9 times 9 is 81? And you you, know, you go to college and you, you take these classes and you're in them and you've been in them for a while and you're learning. And you're doing good. Then keep doing good. Jesus says to those that are doing good, it's those that endure to the end that should be saved. It's those that are doing good now that keep doing good and that keep doing good all the way to death or rapture. Those are the ones that will be in my kingdom. Those are the ones that have faith to the end, that trust in me to the end, and that follow me to the end. Amen. Follow them to the end. Live for them to the end. Trust in them to the end. And seek Him every day to the very end. Keep on and keep on and keep on and endure. I invite any right now, please, that aren't right with the Lord. 
and the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes right now to see that you're not living according to the teachings of the great teacher. He's not your math class teacher. He only won't just give you an F if you fail. Your failure in this class will result in hell everlasting. It'll result in hell and fire and brimstone forever. Why? Not because Jesus didn't come and give the teaching. He's not the one to blame. He gave it all to you so that you could take it and then do something with it. A evil God or an evil teacher would say, well, obey my teachings, but then he wouldn't give them to you. Don't let Jesus waste his teaching. He came and taught so that you could have a relationship with God and love God according to his terms, not your own. And if that's you, cry out in your heart right now, God, I need you and I need to turn and I need to change and I need your teaching. Pray with me. And Lord, I pray right now for those that are on the right path, Lord God, to keep on that right path and to endure, to keep going to the great teacher's teachings and know that that teacher is Lord of all. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, Lord, to you, to God Almighty, to Jesus Christ. There's a great song I love, Lord Jesus, and it says, Seek Him now and you'll know Him as Savior. Find Him later and you'll know Him as Judge. If we don't seek you now, we'll know you later as Judge. Lord Jesus, we'll know you later as judge because we'll all stand before you in judgment and realize that we never submitted our lives, not only to the Lordship, but also to the teachings of Christ. And I pray right now, God in heaven, for that person that's out there that may be listening, that their lives are not submitted to the teachings, are not surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would touch that person right now, God, and I pray you would save them. I pray that they would make a firm decision in their heart right now, Lord Jesus Christ, to turn away from their wickedness, to find out the things that you love and do those things, and to find out the things that you hate and don't do those things, to take a true step of repentance, Lord Jesus Christ, and turn to you right now. I pray, Lord God, that you would draw them to you, help them to realize that they're not right, help them to realize that they're not on the right path, and realize what does this life have to offer. Your word says that what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lose his own soul? Because if we don't surrender now, if we don't submit now to the teachings, if we don't submit now, then we won't ever want to submit later. And it will show in you that if we don't want you now, we won't want you later. Cry out to him, please, right now in your hearts and say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Please save me. I want to submit my life to the teachings of Christ and not live for myself and under my teachings anymore. Bless all those that are hearing this, Lord God. And I said, Lord, again, impact their hearts, Lord God, by what they hear and penetrate their hearts and minds by what they hear. And may they respond correctly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.